Hi, this is Jerome with episode 26 of More Life. In this episode, Chrissy McManaman and I talk about anger, shaking off emotions, and leadership. Chrissy is on a mission to spark curiosity, authenticity, and aliveness. She does that by delivering experiential leadership development programs to fast-scaling startups and coaching founders. And by creating immersive experiences like Rage Her, a movement experience for women to connect with their anger and power. She lives in Chicago with her husband and their quirky, awkward greyhound Sherman, who by the way is a stellar example for shaking off emotions. Chrissy loves the dance, the more interpretive and silly, the better. At More Life, we explore questions such as how can we feel more alive and how can we create more aliveness around us from a variety of perspectives. If that's something for you, join all the others and subscribe. Welcome, Chrissy. I want to start right away with a question. How do we create more life? How do we create more life? Well, for me, it's been about feeling all of our slash my emotions. Um, I think that oftentimes as humans, we like to kind of go over the, the bad stuff and focus on the good stuff. And, and in doing so, we're kind of not as alive as we could be. Uh, I know Brene Brown has this amazing quote that's like, when you, um, when you dampen you know, your sadness, your hurt, your anger, you also dampen your joy. And mm-hmm. so more life is feeling everything more deeply um, because that's the human experience is really about feeling our emotions. And I know for myself, like I spent, I've always been a big, I've always been a big feeler. My dad used to say when I was a kid, like Chrissy, like stop emoting. And I like that, even that word right now, I'm like, Oh, I hate that word. Um, But I didn't actually know what I was feeling. So it was just this like big garbled, jumbled ball of worms emotion and being able to actually notice, oh, now I'm sad. Now I'm hurt. To actually like be angry and like take a pillow and like punch it and just get it out, right? Instead of letting it kind of fester. That's the stuff. That's more life. It literally courses through you, the feelings, right? When we let it. But so often we're just like, no, no, no. I I can't feel that right. I'm too busy to feel that right now. I got to get my my stuff done, right? So for me, more life is more feelings. More feeling, no matter which kind of feeling. Yeah, all of them. All of them. Nice. Now, I, I do know that you work with leaders and I wonder... Do you, and if so, how bring that kind of thought into your work with them? Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I work with a lot of startup founders and I actually just posted about this on LinkedIn the other day. Uh, The question that I ask in so many of my coaching sessions, sometimes multiple times in my coaching sessions is what are you feeling right now? And then I give them five options, anger, sadness, hurt, fear, and joy. Hmm. And the reason I give them five options, um, one in the training that I've done, those are considered the primary feelings and any like three or four-year-old would understand those five, right? Instead of like, oh, anxious or um, 
you know, confused or overwhelmed. Those are all complex emotions, but a four-year-old can understand anger, sadness, hurt, fear, or joy. The thing is, is so often when these founders or, you know, folks in our leadership development cohorts that we do, they use words like overwhelm. I'm feeling overwhelmed. Well, okay, but what is overwhelm? It's actually a combination of some feelings, usually a lot of fear, um, sometimes some hurt and anger and other things, but usually it's a ton of fear. And when we can start to pull out, okay, I'm afraid um, I won't get that report done on time. I'm afraid that my co-founder, I I can't figure out how to work with them in the most efficient way. I'm afraid that, uh, you know, one of my team members is thinking of leaving. I'm afraid uh, that I, you know, my investor is asking for things that I don't know how to get them. You know, all of these things. Now we can start actually breaking it down into, okay, what do we do about all of this? As opposed to this, just like overwhelm situation, headspace that we put ourselves in. Um, Some are more receptive to other, you know, to this than (laughs) others. But, you know, when I, when I, when I talked, like when I first bring clients on, I share with them that a lot of the work that we do has a foundation in emotional intelligence and that emotional intelligence, one of the big components of it is like knowing what you're feeling. Um, and then in in some of the more trainings that we do, sometimes like right in the middle of the training, I'll just be like, all right, I'm sensing, you know, some folks aren't, you know, we're not all quite here yet. It sounds like some people aren't following what's going on. Like, let's take a pause. What's everybody feeling? Hurt, anger, sadness, fear, joy. And we'll just take a pause. And so frequently people are just like, I, none of these, I don't feel any of these. I'm like, actually you're feeling something in any given moment. Hmm. We're just not attuned to it. We're just not practiced in saying out loud what we're feeling, but we are feeling something in every single moment of our lives. So I love to offer those tools as a way to practice. Um, And it's really cool when people start to actually use that, myself included. And by the way, this doesn't work all the time. Like the overwhelm starts to decrease, you know? So it's a neat tool. What do you, yeah. Joram, what are yeah. you feeling right now? <laughs> right now with that question, I feel joy. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> I I do, uh, I don't feel guilty, but I am guilty for saying overwhelm a lot. <laughs> oh, uh, me too. Me too. I mean, it's part of the, uh, it's part of the way that we speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And yeah. now now it can be a tool to be like, okay, well, what is actually happening in that overwhelm? What are the feelings? It's it's really interesting right now. I, I have to think of uh training that that I did. And part of it was to notice the language we use specifically when we exaggerate uh, with um, like metaphors, oh, it's killing me. Mm. Yeah, and 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 now I'm wondering. This is really interesting because, I mean, maybe not all the time, but I think many times that does carry with it a deeper emotion that is not being said. Yeah. Well, and 
And also it sort of, it creates drama around something that it it almost exacerbates it. Like we start to believe what we say. So when we Mm -hmm. say things like, oh, I'm so overwhelmed or like, oh, this is killing me. We start to believe there's no way out. We start to believe that we can't, you know, we can't move through it. So there's this way that we we sort of have these self-fulfilling prophecies when we use language. There's a great book. Uh, what is it called? Hold on. I can't remember what it's called right now. It's 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 an old one from like the 1970s, and it's basically about how we speak to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll find it, and and um, you can reference it in show notes or whatnot. But because how we talk to ourselves matters. Yeah. It's it's so interesting. I love the topic of emotions and I, I teach it as well. <clears throat> and um when I teach it to my students as part of general psychology, I explain that uh, you know, first there was uh, one person kind of categorizing emotions into like four different like into uh yeah, four or six different categories and and, and or scales and that then that was kind of thrown out because it was not scientific. It was just his opinion on emotions. Right. And we all differ a little bit uh, or a lot. (laughs) And then there was the data reductionist approach of grouping it using the vocabulary that you find in any dictionary. Um, But then I asked my, my students, what is the problem with that approach? And, and they, they usually don't get the answer, which is, we don't need words to have emotions. Yeah. Well, and it's, it's, I love that you brought this up because as I was noticing, as I was even talking about the overwhelm and the way I had just said, go into your head and think about all the ways that you feel fear, right? That's one approach. Another approach is to literally throw a temper tantrum as a little kid would and really just feel the overwhelm in your body right? Bang a pillow. I feel so, I feel so overwhelmed. You know, just let it out. Yeah. Because at the end of the day, it's like, it's in our body. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's all this research that shows that unexpressed emotions get kind of lodged in kind of the cellular makeup of our bodies. Um, Candace Pert did a lot of research on that. Great book, Molecules of Emotion. Um, there's a lot of research too on like women and anger and how the way that we, we almost digest our anger, ingest it. And it like ends up in our bodies and all of these really physical problems. Um, because we're not taught to simply get it out, express Mm -hmm. it, let it go. So that's been, I mean, that's been like a journey for me the last few years is when I feel the anger or resentment or any, you know, those things building in my body to a release it in the moment with, you know, a pillow or a grunt or just getting into my belly to going for my satisfaction in that moment. When I notice a resentment starting to build, even in a conversation, right? going and saying something in that moment so that it's not, I'm not stuffing it down. Yeah. I'm actually going for what I want. Yeah. Um, 
and doing awesome. the same thing with positive emotions as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. I actually just before our our call, I recorded a session on the topic of gratitude, and one of the exercises that I did well it was a recording, so there was no live audience, uh, but was to notice the positive things and then really savor them really you know really feel them with all your senses and and make them stronger and just bathe in them you know that that's mm -hmm. also something that is just so beautiful and 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 so good and makes us more alive yeah i i find actually and you know we obviously know each other from uh, a mentoring program that we do called the european innovation academy uh, where, you know, all these students from all over the world come to create startups within a few weeks. And we both are there supporting them, you from a coaching perspective, me from a marketing perspective. It is one of the most fun, alive, nourishing things that I do, right? Mm -hmm. But what happens right afterwards when I'm coming home, I get the like post EIA hangover of like, <laughs> sadness of, oh, I'm not going to see these people again for a year. You know, I really feel down. Hmm. And what I've been practicing the last few years is when I notice those feelings or even like trying to anticipate them and instead savoring what happened. Hmm. So when I start to feel the sadness of it being over, looking through the photos, remembering how much fun it was, sharing with my friends who weren't part of the experience, even sharing on social media, like that I feel just so full from the experience, like helps to keep it going for me. And, mm. and it, you know, not as a sadness prevention, but like kind of, but more of just a joy extender. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's so funny because well we were in Portugal we met each other in Portugal and now we were in Portugal just uh, last month and uh, they have the word saudades which is this this longing right it's mm -hmm. it's a very Portuguese word um, and it is very associated with the music genre fado which is a very sad sounding music um, but it does not necessarily mean sadness for the ones listening to it. It can mean what you just described. Noticing there is something that I used to have that I don't have anymore and feeling that and going with that, not necessarily being sad, but just, uh, I, I don't have the right words right now. <laughs> Experiencing it, let, letting, letting it flow, being with that and, and enjoying feeling right yeah. just enjoying feeling oh my gosh this 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 idea of enjoying feeling i can't tell you how many times in my own coaching sessions like where i am being coached um my coach has said something along the lines of and and by the way this is when i've been like i just want to get through the feeling <laughs> i just want to get through it right because this is my work this is my a lot of my core work is to be in full expression of my feelings right mm -hmm. and so when she said, you know, could you enjoy all the feelings that you're, mm -hmm. that you're feeling and simply be with them and actually enjoy them? And I'm like, oh, I don't want to enjoy the like hurt and anger and sadness. But I think that's, you know, that's the path I'm, I'm 
trying to orient towards is, mm. is yeah, in some way enjoying the feelings. And I, I'm, I'm, as I'm speaking, I'm thinking of this example. My, my dog died a few years ago. It was right in the middle of COVID. Um, we didn't know what was happening. He stopped eating. Um, lab results, you know, the labs were shut down because of COVID. So it was taking forever to get lab results. He was going to the pet ER. We couldn't even go in there with him because COVID. And it was this time of reflection as he was dying, because it was a long, it was a month long process. And also of Chrissy, there's nothing you can do. Like I can't fix this. There's nothing I can do. I simply need to be with this beautiful creature who is, you know, leaving this, this world. Um, and when he finally passed, um, and we were able to be with him with, at the vet, my husband and I drove home in the car and I just remember we parked right in the garage, we parked and I just wailed. Like mm. I wailed all of this sadness and hurt and anger that, that he was gone. And it was the first time I felt like I could actually, I, I, I was almost in a strange way enjoying it. Just the mm. full expression of the feeling, yeah. like it just felt so good to get it out, to, to allow myself to express in that way. And then over the course of the next week, it was my husband and I, we were almost never expressing at the same time, but sort of, you know, he would start to, to cry and I would be able to be there to support. And then, you know, a few hours later, I would just start to like cry and feel it really in my body and he would be there, but it just, it felt good. And yeah. I think it might've been the first time I simply allowed myself to do whatever was going to come up of my body, whether it's a wail or a grunt or a scream or a, you know, holding my fists tightly, I just let it all come out. And so, yeah. And that's aliveness, right? I felt in the death of my dog, I felt so alive. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. These these things make us become present. Yeah. And and I remember um a similar experience with our dog, um, that's already a couple of years ago, that I also I I, I gave myself that I allowed myself to cry, right? Yeah. I, I told myself in the beginning, you know. Uh, I'm not gonna try to suppress my tears. I'm just gonna let them out, and that felt good too. That felt good, and and um, yeah, similar to what you say. Sometimes it happened at the same moment with my partner. Sometimes not. Um, but yeah, it it felt. I mean, it is a release, right? It's a yeah. release. It's a bodily release. Uh, a bodily. Uh, movement accompanying a release of emotion of energy yeah when i think this comes back to your comment about yes we can put you know words to feelings but 
really it's about what is happening in our body. Mm -hmm. You know, I often ask, you know, okay, fear, like where do you typically feel fear? Hurt, where do you typically feel hurt? And then we can start to build the knowledge or the, the, oh, I'm, I'm feeling this little tingling in my cheeks and in my eyes that usually indicates hurt and I can just let it go. I can just let it go. But I don't know, for a long time, I was kind of like a walking head where mm-hmm. I was very disconnected from my body. Um, but now when I can feel things, especially my chest, my stomach, I can use them. I can use that, the, what's happening in my body as data. Even in a coaching session, if I notice I'm starting to tense up, it's something is going on. Something about what this person is telling me, there's data for me there that I can yeah. reflect back to them. Yeah. yeah. Or I can notice, oh my gosh, I'm there's like an anger that's like building from my, my pelvis all the way up to my chest. You know, how do I get satisfied in this conversation that's clearly not satisfying me? So there's just, mm. it's very cool, the data that we have in our bodies about what we're feeling. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I I have to think again and again of, of the book that I haven't read, uh, but it's called Zebras Don't Get Ulcers. I have not read that book either, but I, <laughs> yes, I've referenced it. In a title. <laughs> yes. And it's how animals don't get, because they, they shake it off. Yeah. Right. That's funny. And in, in a presentation, so my dog does a lot of like full body sort of shake all the way to the tip of his tail. He's a greyhound. So he's a big dog and he'll like, his tail will just like whip about And I took a video of him doing that and I used it in one of that, in one of my presentations, along with, um, that book that, because I grabbed some research from it, even though I haven't read it, that was like, that's how a dog gets rid of its like stress essentially, Mm -hmm. or a bird when it goes, you know, flies into a window, but is okay. What does it do? It like shakes itself off. Like when is the last time, you know? I mean, I actually did shake myself off on Sunday because I went to like a movement (laughs) class. I was doing a lot of shaking, but in like regular everyday life, we just don't really do that. Well, maybe we do. Not often enough though. Imagine, Imagine you get out of the car, you still have your hand there and somebody slams the door and your hand Mm. is in there and your finger gets, and then that person opens and you go like this. Yeah. You shake shake your hand. Yeah, Yeah. Like. I don't understand why, but there are scientific reasons for it. Yeah. Yep. And I think there's so much more opportunity to to do that on a like on a more regular basis. Yeah. Like when we're you know when we're feeling that what we might call like a blanket anxiety, which is really a bunch of fears, like, boy, shake it out, you know, like get it, you know, (laughs) get it out. Yeah. Cause there, I mean, look, there are times that our fear really serves us or anxiety serves us. And then there's times where it's, it's our, it's, we're not actually in any danger. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, to be able to, kind of literally shake it off Taylor Swift style uh, 
it can be really beneficial. You know, if you're uh, giving a big, uh, if you're giving a big presentation or something, right? And we get so in our heads before, I'm scared, I'm scared, I'm scared. Well, actually, the reality is if we get into our bodies, that's what's going to deliver a powerful presentation. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And and I mean, the, the more connected to our body we are, the more, I believe, real we come across. Yeah, absolutely. And that's that's what people want. I mean, everybody wants to be real and people to be real. So, yeah. Uh, what are some of the like body related techniques or things that you've studied or used? I'm curious. Can, uh, shaking. We can compare shaking some notes. Certainly. <laughs> shaking, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so with anger, I I had that a lot after our son died. We uh, we had a patio, and we had these like five six liter big bottles of water. Um, some of them with drinking water, some of them with just tap water that I used for the garden to water. And I would just go out in the patio, grab that thing and slam it on the ground, pick it up again, slam it on the ground and again and again and again. Because, I mean, it could break, you know, it could rip a little bit and then the water comes. What? Who Who cares? You know, who cares? We we have plenty of those and they cost like nothing. Yeah. So that was so good. So, so good. Because it's also something where I couldn't really hurt myself. Right. So I, I could pick up an axe and, and chop some wood, but if I'm really angry and don't have control over myself, that's not safe. Yeah. So th that was that was really, really, really good. Um, just shaking. Uh, I like running. Just, you know, in, in general, also as a preventative uh, <laughs> mechanism. Um, then... Uh, well, boxing is good. I do mm. that sometimes, not that often, but sometimes I do that. Yeah, that was part of my workout this morning. The very hard workout. I was doing some punching on the bag. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is good. Uh, what else? Let me think. Mm. So when I when I when I say running, the the distinction there's a distinction between just normal like going for a jog and sprinting mm. all out sprinting which is what helps much more if there's something acute right if there's an acute emotion that i need to process then uh you know i can go on the beach for example or, or somewhere where i can just run as fast as i can as long as i can and then take a little break and then run back and then again and then jump into the water and then you know it's gone yeah yeah there's different some... different direction but uh when the water is cold right now it's it's too warm uh right now it is like 25 degrees celsius which is almost 80 fahrenheit so oh that's warm yeah yeah there's there's no like thermal shock anymore but in winter you know or in spring uh going underwater and diving when it's like 15 degrees celsius which is like 60 fahrenheit um that really helps me as well to mm. restore the chemical yeah. balance in my brain. Yeah. I've heard uh, there's a lot of benefits to like cold showers too, yeah. like run and for 
yeah well um, but i have to say i have to say diving even even though it's not that cold i mean uh but it's it's so different for me than showering because i'm just yeah. in it and i'm diving and i'm noticing like i'm getting i'm i'm getting like a brain freeze all over yeah, my head, yeah. right like i'm eating ice cream too fast but it's all over my head and then i come out and I'm like fuck wow yeah. completely different yeah so looking forward to the the colder water again. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There's a, um, you know, I live right on Lake Michigan and Chicago and uh, there's been a, a community that's developed called the Friday morning swim club. And there's a pier called Montrose. And essentially every Friday morning at 7am, this group that started with like two people and now has grown to like thousands of people go to jump in the lake. And kind of similar to what you're saying at the beginning, the, the first jump of the summer, I mean, it was like, okay, here we are, you know? And then of course, there's only a few ladders. So you're kind of waiting in the water to get back out. Um, but now the lake is really warm and it just doesn't have quite the same, quite the same effect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Huh. Yeah. yeah. Some of my favorite, well, some of my favorite, things that I've, I've learned to do to really connect into my body are, um, have you heard of Alexander technique? I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. His, his whole thing. And, and by the way, he has, he, he was, he had some, uh, screwed up belief systems about the world. Uh, I think he, it, in retrospect, I think he was quite racist Another mm. problematic issue. So I just want to like presence that, um, and he he did have some interesting thoughts about the body and how we we do too much in our bodies mm -hmm. instead of letting our bodies be how they were meant to be we 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 have learned to actually like walk in ways that are not particularly efficient sit in yeah. ways that are not particularly efficient and so his whole thing was to kind of come back to the natural state of our body and he did a lot for like performers and singer, like singers specifically. I think he might've, I, I can't remember the exact story, but I think he wanted to sing and was realizing there was all this tightness in his throat or he was supporting someone and singing. Anyway, there's all these sort of ways of being in your body that I, that I learned from doing some Alexander technique, but my favorite, which is so simple, is called active rest. Hmm. And it's laying on the floor with your back on the floor um, with a book or stack of books under your neck. And the idea is to really align your spine so that it's mm -hmm. fully aligned. So your neck isn't like, you know, being held too high or too low. So you really want maybe some support in figuring out the exact right amount of books. For me, it's like one, you know, Harry Potter book, the, the short ones, the first three, right? <laughs> Not the long ones, the short ones. Um, and then you bend your knees and so your feet are kind of grounded on the ground and you just lay there. Hmm. But there's something about the way that you are laying there that like my head starts almost like releasing on its own. And if I do it every day, I, I feel more grounded. I feel more present. I, it's like, it, 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 there's something about the way that the book kind of pressure on my head that it my, my head starts to like notch in different ways and and sort of release all the, the muscles in my neck which helps me be more grounded 
it's one of my favorites because it's so easy. Interesting. Yeah, it's a good one. Hmm, I'll try There's that another one. one from Bioenergetics. Yeah, um, from Bioenergetics that my coach shared with me, which is like on the bed, you know, when you have anger, um, lifting your pelvis and like, again, on the bed, you know, letting it drop slash forcibly dropping it on the bed yeah. while, you know, whatever noise is going to come out. Uh, that one is quite effective too. Just lying on the back. Lying on your, on your back on a soft surface, like your bed right. and just letting the pelvis drop, letting the, um, or even forcibly dropping it hard. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. There's some good ones. And you said before that you usually feel anger first in your pelvic area. Is that right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I kind of feel it in, well, I kind of feel it in my solar plexus, hmm. but I know that the way, like where I can release it from is more of the pelvis. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So it helps a lot with anger, I suppose then. Yes, Yeah. exactly. Okay. That's good. Nice. Cool. And then there's, have you ever done like, um, I just did this this weekend though, uh, like a five rhythms movement. I'm not sure. Explain. Yeah. So Gabrielle Roth, she, uh, this was kind of her, her, she created this movement to basically get connected into our bodies. I, I don't know exactly like how to describe it, except that there are five rhythms of music and you move through the five rhythms of music in a way that is sort of transformational because, you know, you're sort of feeling different feelings throughout that journey. So it's, um, starts with flow and then it goes to staccato and then it goes to chaos and then it goes to lyrical and then hmm. stillness. It sounds familiar. So, uh, yeah. I'm not sure whether it is the same approach, but I have a, uh, trauma release, uh, track that I use. I mean, it's on YouTube. I, I downloaded it and I have it on my phone and it's like one and a half hours where you're supposed to just lie down with a iPad. No, how's it called? Blindfold. Um, blindfold. Blindfold on. And then listening to the music and breathing deeply and moving in whatever way you feel like moving. So maybe you don't end up lying anymore, you know? Mm, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and it has those kind of different musics um, and, and rhythms and, and sounds. So it goes from like nice and melodic and you imagine like a nice meadow to like this epic, like yeah. huge, like energy, but positive, like we're going to do stuff to just chaos. Yes. Like drum and bass kind of all, all, you know, mixed up and then, you know, something soft again. Wow. That's, that sounds very, yeah. It sounds very similar. And it's yeah. so cool because to, to like do this body movement, there's no instruction, right? It's like literally listen to your body and do what it wants with the sounds that you are hearing. I yeah. feel like the way I sweat is different. Like it's not <laughs> the same type of sweat when I go work out. It's like my whole body is like releasing something in the sweat. Like it feels almost, I don't know. I don't like, I don't know how to describe it. It. I, I feel almost like I'm glistening mm -hmm. with stuff as opposed to like just sweating. It's really, um, it's really neat. I've been, there's a, 
you can look it up. There are facilitators for this all over the world. And then I loved, I actually went to a class this weekend and the instructor talked about how Gabrielle Roth was kind of like the root. And then a lot of her students went on and became kind of like the branches of like the tree. So there's also open floor movement and all these other movement modalities that came out of five rhythms that are all about sort of inner transformation, being with ourselves, being present, um, et cetera. So I went to a, not a five rhythms, but another one this past weekend. And it was like, oh, like exactly what I needed. It was so yummy. I felt so present and grounded the whole rest of the day and in flow from doing that. Mm, love it. Amazing. Great. Wow. I, you, you gave uh, the audience lots of things to look up. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I know because I love these all. I love them. I love them. I love them. They're so good. <laughs> all things uh, that I have used. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, that's good. That's, those are the best kinds of suggestions if you can speak from personal experience and, and having benefited from it. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. I want to slowly wrap up and yeah. ask you one more question, which is what's the best change you've recently implemented in your life? Hmm. Okay. This has to do with everything that we've already been talking about, but it came out of my own, one of my coaching sessions where I was being coached. Uh, I have an addiction to doing things all the time. And so a change that I am making, because it is, it is a work in progress, um, is to be with myself. So this movement session on Sunday I really took that opportunity to, it doesn't matter what anybody else is doing in this room. I'm going to be with me and what I need and what's coming up for me. Mm. I'm noticing it's easier for me to do that if I'm away from my home, if I'm in a new environment, like I choose to go and sit on a bench somewhere, or I choose to go to, you know, um, a cacao ceremony, or I choose to go to a movement thing. And I'm trying to more actively build that practice in my own home of like, what does it look like to be with myself for 30 minutes or an hour? Um, and not even meditating, like, right? Like that's, that's almost, there's a doing to meditation. It's really simply, okay, how do I sit here and see what my thoughts are and just notice them? I guess that's kind of meditation, but um. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. That sounds really good. I try to be more as well. So yeah. <laughs> we share, we have, we have something in common there. Yeah. <sighs> My first reaction invitation. is to always say it's so hard. And I'm like, no, that's that language <laughs> thing. If I say that. <laughs> so I'm working it. <laughs> I'm working uh -huh. on it. How, yeah. how have you, how has that been for you that, you know, working that for yourself? So I would say it's, it's been, I mean, it's been years already in, mm -hmm. in the works. So mm -hmm. it's, 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 it's easy if I remember to do it. <laughs> yep. 
to to do it right <laughs> right if i remember to do the being then it's then it's easy <laughs> yeah oh boy that's a fun uh, one that was good <laughs> yeah no but generally if 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 i'm more intentional with my days with my weeks it's it's coming more naturally that I can say. Yeah. No. Cool. cool. Love that. Chrissy, thanks so much for being on. I will put into the show notes links where people can find out more about you. Great. Um, and right now, I just want to thank you so much for being here and sharing your wisdom. Thanks so much for having me and for doing this work. It's beautiful. Thank you for listening. Please share the insights you've had. By doing that, you may well lighten up the day of another person. Subscribe to get notified about new episodes and leave a rating or comment in your app to help others find more life. If you have requests for future topics or suggestions for fitting guests, let me know. Thanks again and hopefully until next time.